Hello, and welcome to another episode of Streaming Science, a creative student-run podcast series. We bring the science directly to you. The goal of Streaming Science is to increase science literacy through interactive discussion with scientists about topics that affect your everyday life. I'm your host, Brianna Jacobowski, a junior majoring in Agricultural and Environmental Sciences Communication from O'Neill, Nebraska. This episode of Streaming Science is focused on livestock production economics. As a UNL student, I was drawn to this topic because I have a minor in ag business and I've taken a few courses related to production economics. I wanted to help tell the story behind the extraordinary instructors that I had the opportunity to learn from here at UNL. I took an agriculture economics class with Dr. Kate Brooks and she really sparked my interest in her area of research. I found her to be extremely knowledgeable and relatable while teaching a complicated subject. All right, we are here with Dr. Kate Brooks. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, so I'm an assistant professor here uh, at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in the Department of Agricultural Economics. Uh, I've been here since January of 2013. Prior to my current position, I was in a extension livestock position where um, I had 60% extension, uh, 40% research. Now I'm back to teaching the agribusiness management classes here uh, with a 60% teaching, 40% research appointment. Awesome. Can you tell me what livestock production economics is? Yeah, so livestock production economics is basically the economics of of production. So we look at things like the cost benefit of different production methods. Um, for instance, uh, in some of my research, I've looked at feeding field peas to nursery pigs, uh, different distillers grains to feedlot cattle. But we've also looked at things like disease outbreaks and the impacts on operations for those as well. So we're basically just taking different production type things within livestock and putting the costs and benefits to those. What are you looking for when you are doing your research? Yeah, so I think most of my research and and what drives me and I'm excited about is trying to make sure we're helping the producers um, as well as the consumers. But, you know, how can we help improve the options that they have available, whether it's their current operations, uh, different insurance products are out there, but what can we do within our research to help the producer? How do you get your data that's collected to the producer or the consumer? So a lot of that is uh, extension related. So in my previous position here, you know, I was out on the road a lot actually presenting my research to the producers. A lot of it's taking uh, and putting articles in newspapers or extension bulletins or Nebraska cattlemen type articles. Uh, so trying to take our research and put it back into, you know, articles that the producers would have in their hands. When you were 14, did you ever think here today? I didn't. Uh, you know, I grew up on a small livestock operation. Um, we did have wheat and uh, some soybeans and a little bit of corn as well as a hay operation. Grandparents were the main operators on that. Um, My mom and dad both had second jobs and there were six kids in my family. So I really didn't know where I would go. I always knew I I liked math and so I headed down the agribusiness route thinking I'd go in business one day and one thing led to another and I ended up being here as a professor. Would you say that that's why you chose to study livestock production economics? It is. You know, I wanted to be able to take things back to my dad, help him out on his operation. My brothers both have livestock operations. My sister, uh, husband, runs a feedlot. Um, So I always wanted to do something that I could take back to them. Very cool. You have two little boys. How do you balance work and mom life? Yeah, you know, that's a good, tough question. Um, You know, I... uh, 
went through my PhD. My husband and I, just a little background, uh, got married right before my PhD. Um, and so he worked full time to put me through school. Um, and then our first job was actually in Texas when I had my first son. And so without my husband, I don't think I could do it. I mean, he's been there a lot, but you, you just have to learn that uh, you have to put work aside at some point um, to be there with the kids so that you're there. But both sometimes take a little bit of sacrifices. Uh, now my husband's a stay-at-home dad, so it's helped a lot. You know, I, I don't have to rush home to make sure and pick the kids up from daycare and those types of things. So that's helped. It's just making sure that you're, you know, when you're home, you're with the kids. When you're at work, you do your work. So it, it's balancing those two pieces. What brought your family to Nebraska? Yeah, so my first job uh, took us to West Texas, to uh, West Texas A&M, uh, which is near Amarillo, Texas. And I was a teacher teaching there um, in an agribusiness management position. And the University of Nebraska's extension position opened up. Uh, Nebraska's closer to Kansas. So it brought us a lot closer to home, to my family and my husband's family. And we just love Nebraska. Um, it's very very similar to the Kansas atmosphere. People are friendly and I really enjoyed the university itself and so we thought it was a good opportunity not only to be closer to home but the position as well. Very cool. What can the general audience learn from your work? Yeah so I have a wide array of of research Uh, so from my livestock production economics research you know uh, just some of the economics of feeding different uh, feed regimens to different animals. I do a little bit of looking at you know some of the markets as well. Um, We've looked at some different interests products. So pasture range and forage, if any students are familiar, anybody's familiar with that, just looking at how to use it as well as the availability of it and benefits to a producer. Um, And then from the consumer side, which also impacts the producer when we look at some of the marketing things out there, you know, some of the changes in consumers and some of their voting and buying behavior can really impact the producer as well. So just kind of understanding the consumer and how that trickles back to the producer. Okay. Um, Before we started here, you mentioned that when you were younger, you wanted to be a banker. Do you see any similarities between banking and economics? There is. You know, uh, you can get an ag economics degree with an emphasis in finance um, and go into the banking. We see that happen all the time. You know, my sister, I have a sister that's actually in banking. So so they all still have those finance type classes. So economics, you can take some of the accounting, you can take some of the finance um, and some of those business type classes. So a lot of that math plays into all of those. Tell me about your teaching employment and what sort of classes that you teach? Yep, so I teach right now three of the classes here at the university. I teach a intro to marketing type class. So we look at everything from the producer all the way to the consumer and the entire marketing piece within that. So it's not just about the marketing that we're all familiar with as in the advertising and the selling done by you know the brand companies or Walmarts or Targets or Kroger's or Hy-Vee's. It's actually looking at that entire value chain and that entire system going from the producer and how he can market his product to the processor who can market it to the wholesaler and the retailer and and all the way through the chain. And I've been in one of your classes before. You do a great job of working kind of your family life into it and giving us examples of your brother's feedlot or, you know, your sister-in-law's newest investment. Do you still do that with your classes? I do. So two of my other classes happen to be agribusiness management classes. So in the intro agribusiness management, we kind of talk about strategies from a business on a day-to-day basis. You know, 
your finance, your accounting, things you have to look at when you're trying to invest in those businesses. And then I have the advanced agribusiness management where we talk about strategies that a business or a corporation would put into play and looking at, you know, everything in the external environment and the internal environment. And it's great having, you know, brother-in-laws that run feedlots and, you know, sisters that tend to try to start new companies because you have a lot of good examples of things to look at and things to watch for within the markets of different operations and and being able to bring some strategies back to the classroom. What would you say you were like as a 14-year-old? So I was, again, I was the youngest girl of six kids. I did have a younger brother. You know, I have all my siblings. I was the bookworm. So I was the type to go to class, uh, do my homework, do some of my siblings' homework. But, you know, I always knew I wanted to go to college and I wanted to get a degree in something at that point. Yes, it was banking, but I think it still led me, you know, knowing that I wanted to work in a business or teach like my mom did. So it's slightly different. But for the most part, I always thought I'd work in a business, which still similar to that, you know, Mm -hmm. doing research kind of is like a business. We still have to have strategies and objectives and and move our way through things. At what point in your college career did you decide that you didn't want to be in banking? Uh, Probably just you know, I went through my undergraduate degree and I had a lot of professors that I had talked to and I kind of decided maybe I wanted to do more of a teaching um, and I wanted to go on for my master's. And um, so I kind of, at that point, just, I, I liked finance, but I wanted to look at it more from a research standpoint versus just giving loans out to producers. And going back to your research, what would you say has been the biggest breakthrough in your research so far? You know, some of my, anything that can help a producer, you know, so in, in Illinois, with my master's thesis, we did a lot of research, you know, feeding those field peas to nursery pigs. So could we come up with new alternatives of feedstuffs, um, especially when at that time corn prices were really, um, you know, when I was doing my uh, PhD work, uh, we looked at bovine respiratory disease and feedlot cattle. So bovine respiratory disease is a big disease in the feedlot industry. Um, and so looking at some of those economic costs and ways to try and help reduce that, I think is very important. And it's still something that's continually being researched today is trying to help reduce bovine respiratory disease. So I don't know that I can point to any one thing, but all of them, you know, I think come back down to trying to help that producer. Do you collaborate with any other researchers or faculty here at the university? I do. So right now, uh, what we're doing or what I'm doing with a lot of my graduate students is we're co-advising a lot of those graduate students, which helps bring that relationship with other faculty in. Um, I'm working with the crop scientist, Corey Walters, uh, doing some research on that pasture range and forage insurance, working with other faculty, looking at some consumer preference data, um, consumers buying patterns in the grocery stores. So I think it's great to bring other sides of of the research in because we all have ideas of how it would go. Was there ever a one specific person to inspire you to do what you're doing today? You know, I go back, my mom was a teacher, uh, so she was a high school teacher, which taught me I didn't want to teach high school. And then I had several faculty along the way that, you know, were great teachers and I aspired to, you know, teach like they do in the classroom where, you know, it wasn't all just lecture. It was bringing in outside information and lectures and, and more of a learning community versus, you know, a straight lecture. And so they were great researchers and great teachers and and that's what I wanted to do. What is your favorite part about what you do today? You know being able to whether it was in the extension role or now back in the teaching role it's it's helping others right so helping students whether they you know exactly learn everything in the course or at least take something home um, whether it's personal or back to a business you know when I was out in extension helping those producers be more efficient or uh, more economical um, profitable any way that I can help the students or the producers 
producers, that's that's my goal. What would you say that you like to do in your spare time? Spend time with the kids. We <laughs> spend a lot of time at the park. We spend a lot of time at the zoo. Anything we can spend together and be outdoors is, is the positive. Is there anything else that you would like to add or is there anything that you think that I missed that you would like students to learn from you? It doesn't matter which direction we go, but education is important. I know it's hard as a 13, 14 year old to imagine how, you know, math or English or any of those skills can help us in the future, but they all help us be more well-rounded and education is important. Even if we're going, you know, to a trade school or a university, there's a lot of important jobs out there and, and having an understanding of, you know, some of those basics just makes us more well-rounded. Thanks to Dr. Brooks for joining us and to all of you for tuning in. To listen to more streaming science podcasts, go to soundcloud.com slash streaming hyphen science. I'm your host, Brianna Jacobowski. 